Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 54 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. Well, the grand final is set. I got one of my two tips correct this week, and I, I'm going to step away from my most of the time unbiased approach to the podcast that I try to take with every aspect. And I want to go ahead and officially say that I'm glad that the one I got correct is the one that I got correct. So as a cat supporter, I'm pretty thrilled with the results of today's contest or this evening's contest. It's nine o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning as I'm recording this here. Well, I got the first game wrong this weekend. And uh, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, and, and I hope that you do, uh, I have found myself often tipping against the Tigers and ultimately then having to turn around and remind myself, hey, dummy, they're the reigning premiers, and they're that way for a reason, and you should never count them out. And every time I do it, they seem to win, and I did it again. So, Tigers supporters, I apologize. I tip your club wrong again, and maybe that's why... They're now going to be playing again on Saturday. I thought with the home field advantage, the youthful speed that the power had, that that was going to be enough to push them into the grand final. And, you know, honestly, I was hoping that if the Cats were able to beat Brisbane, uh, that they would get a rematch with Port Adelaide and have a chance to redeem themselves uh, after their opening loss to them in the the finals this year. So, Tiger supporters, good on you for... uh, Forgetting that one, you know, the Tigers, they, they gutted out a hard-fought victory today. And, you know, the, the conditions, or excuse me, yesterday with the victory, the conditions were not great. And uh, a lot of rain at the Adelaide Oval. The, the ball was wet. It's hard to hang on to it. Um, reminded me here in, in the States, in some of the smaller counties around the country, especially in the rural areas, and they used to do this quite frequently, and I... I haven't been to a fair recently, but they used to have what they called a greased pig competition where they would have like a little piglet that they would actually lube up with some sort of grease or vegetable oil or something that make it make it slippery. And kids would have to run around inside an arena and try to catch this this little piglet as kind of a little contest. And that's what it looked like trying to pick up the ball yesterday in Adelaide because of the, the nasty weather. But, you know, the power, they battled hard. You know, Port supporters, you've got nothing to hang your head about. Yes, absolutely, you want to play finals, but uh, it was a valiant effort on the part of Port Adelaide, similar to the Cats last year being the uh, the minor premiers. The future is definitely bright with the power. But, you know, the power, they like I said, they battled hard. They matched the Tigers with six goals, but the Tigers were able to add another half dozen minor scores in order to put them over the top. They were, of course, paced by Kane Lambert and uh, Dusty Martin. They both had a couple of goals while Martin had 21 disposals. Connor Rosie played a fantastic game for the power. Very impressive contest, kicking two goals himself. I know he had a couple of instances where he he had uh, entry kicks that uh, could have been taken for marks, maybe should have been taken for marks that ultimately were not hung on to. And... uh, it was uh, it was very sad to uh, to see that outcome, but you know this was an extraordinarily physical contest, and we saw that um, at the end of the contest. And seeing the uh, the injury that was suffered by Brad Ebert at the end of the game was was to me a very sobering moment because 
we see being talked about frequently the issue of concussions and head injuries and determining whether or not there needs to be more done in the game to try to prevent them. You know, he's being hailed for his heroic efforts and battling and that sort of thing. But for those of you who maybe did not see the news, uh, Brad Ebert did announce his retirement within hours of suffering that injury. So here's a, a gentleman who's stepping away from a game that he loves at the age of 30 due to yet another concussion, I'm assuming, that uh, his, you know, has led him to realize that maybe this is the time for me to to step away from the contest and and find something else to do, and I, I wish you know Brad Ebert the the best in his future endeavors. It was a uh, it was an ugly uh, injury that he suffered, and I have to be honest, I was I was quite amazed that uh, Xavier Dersma was actually playing after the concussion that he suffered against the Cats a couple weeks earlier, because that one looked, to me, worse than the concussion that Ebert had suffered. But again, it's all relative because different injuries are going to impact different people in ways that we can't possibly imagine or fathom because of pre-existing concussions or building upon ones that have previously happened. And, uh, you know... Mr. Ebert has evidently had more than one throughout his career because he was wearing the uh, the helmet to try to protect himself. So again, I wish uh, I wish Ebert the best. I think Port, you know, you've got a really solid young group of players there, and as I'm going to mention about about Brisbane here in just a moment as well, I I think that you are well placed to be a flag contender for years to come with that talented group of, of young players that you happen to have in the fold. So a big shout out of congratulations to the Tigers for making it back to the grand final for the third time in four years. It's been an absolutely impressive run for Richmond and we'll see what happens this Saturday. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen as of yet, but I'll give you my tips a little bit later on this week in a, in a future episode. But uh, you know, I'm sitting down and scratching out some notes for this podcast, this little short episode that I'm doing here, and I'm listening to uh, Chris Fagan's post-game conference, his press conference that he's doing. And as many of you know, and you, I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of this, this episode here, I am a Cat supporter. And uh, they're not the sole focus of this podcast. This is not a, a Cats-centric podcast. I try to talk about as many different clubs as possible. I try to bring as many different things in as possible because... I'm trying to learn as much about the game as I can. I'm trying to learn about the people that are in the game as well because, you know, it's it's fine and dandy to know who all of the different folks are that that wear the blue and white hoops, but I, you know, I want to know the opponents. I want to know who's playing in other games and that type of thing and know their backgrounds and and you know, who's on their list but isn't in the 22 this week. I'm trying to build upon that stuff and if I was to focus just on Geelong, that would be uh, that would be happening at a much much slower pace, but you know I I I was listening to Chris Fagan's uh, press conference and I listened to Chris Scott's as well, and I have to admit, you know, at halftime of the game when they interviewed Chris Scott, I got a little concerned because at that point in time it was I believe an, an eight point game, 
12 point, eight point game at, at, at halftime it was fairly close. And he was very confident about the Cats' performance in the first half. I think he even referred to it as dominant at halftime. And I and I had not heard that from him that I could remember in other contests. And that was, uh, that, that kind of floored me. I was taken aback by that because I wasn't sure if that was, was just confidence. Was it cockiness? Was it arrogance? But it was it was interesting to see him say that and uh you know i i i was really concerned because again i i've i've been a sports fan for over half a century and you know i i support teams that are from cleveland ohio and if you follow sports here in the united states at all cleveland sports have you know have led to more heartbreaks than probably any other community in the United States when it comes to sports, you know, the, the Indians losing world series contests that they seemingly had won the, the Cavaliers, you know, going back to the time when Michael Jordan was in his heyday and was a dominant player. The Cavs always had a very, very good club, but they could never get past Jordan's bulls. You know, the Browns had several instances back in the 1980s where they got very close to the Super Bowl and something happened to prevent them from getting there. And we've had, you know, basically two decades of futility since they've come back. So I was a little apprehensive about Chris Scott's comments, but, you know, like I said, it worried me. But, of course, he knows infinitely more about this game than I, that I would know in a dozen lifetimes. So I have to defer to him. He evidently knew what he was talking about because we saw what transpired in the second half. Now, again, I did tip the Cats by eight points in this game. And, you know, I've had several people reach out to me in, in comments on the, the Podbean app and have said that I needed to be a little more uh, aggressive in terms of my tipping. Now, this is a preliminary final here. These are two very close teams. You know, even in games that were, you know, between clubs that were, you know, at the top of the ladder and at the, towards the bottom of the ladder, I was usually pretty conservative in my in my tipping. And I did that for a number of reasons. Okay. One, you know, especially if I'm I was tipping the, you know, the Cats game. One, I, I don't I didn't want to come off, you know, being a a cocky supporter of a team that's pretty decent, that type of thing. And and secondly, I did not want to and I still don't, I don't want to alienate any of you who are listening to the podcast who support other teams and think, well, gosh, he thinks that my club never has a chance of winning. And look, he said that I'm going to win. You know, my club's going to lose by 50 points this week. So why should I bother listening to this guy? So part of it's psychology, I guess. But, you know, the uh, the Cats, you know, they didn't disappoint today. They 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 went into this game with the Lions having lost a, a terrific defender in Darcy Gardner, who had a, a bit of a knee injury, I guess, during a, a practice match during the week. And they, they replaced him with Jack Payne, who's only played in four games. And, uh, you know, Gary Rowan was, was quicker than him for quite a bit of the game, but he did a pretty decent job of handling himself. So, you know, the Lions have to be thrilled with the effort that he put forward. And, you know, Brisbane battled hard in the first half. Charlie Cameron was Charlie Cameron in the, early on in the game, scoring the first two goals. Yeah, I ran into somebody that... Uh, online during the course of the game, a cat supporter who had asked whether or not uh, they thought that uh, Charlie Cameron was 
I don't think the word was arrogant, but it was kind of like a showboat was, was, uh, was cocky, that sort of thing. And I, and I, I responded, you know, I, he's, I said, I think he's confident in his abilities. I think he maybe learned a lot from Eddie Betts having, you know, grown into his role under him or alongside him in Adelaide. And I said, I said also, if he was wearing blue and white hoops, we wouldn't even notice because he'd be our guy. He'd be on our club. So we wouldn't even notice that, that he was, that he was being that way. You know, it's like the, uh, the whole thing like was, uh, Xavier Dersma is when he, when he kicks a goal and he does a little bow and arrow routine. Um, and I saw some Richmond supporters giving him grief about that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Charlie Cameron had a, had a dynamite first half, but then the, the cats figured out a way to, to basically shut him down. They shut Lockie Neal down for most of the game as well. And, uh, they played, they played terrific footy today. I can't complain. You know, they increased their, their lead by 13 points in the third period. So they got out to a, a three goal cushion. They had a three goal lead going into the fourth quarter. And that's when Brisbane had to try to do things to, to get back into the game. And that in some cases led to the cats being able to put goals on the board at a fairly quick pace. You know, you had Gary, Gary Abel jr. He, he, he reminded us of who he is in what could have been his, his final game, very likely, you know, kicking a couple of goals in a very short period of time. You know, that you had Gary Rowan, who, you know, found the, found the goal three times during the course of the game, one of them after the siren, when it was definitely a moot point. That gave us the 40-point uh, the margin there. And, you know, Tom Siren, you know, kicked two goals, three. So, you know, still not as accurate as you might hope for the Coleman medalist, but... Hopefully that'll give him a little bit of confidence going into next week. It's nice that he's hopefully going to be able to play next week. Um, I don't think he's getting reported for anything, but uh, you know this is a uh, this is a veteran group, and you had you know you had two players going in who may very well likely have been playing their final game with Gary Ablett, you know, alluding to the fact that he's probably going to be done after this season, and the very very distinct likelihood that Harry Taylor may be done as well after this year. So this is going to be an opportunity for these guys to go after their first flag since 2011, which was several years before I started following the game. And, you know, I have to be honest with you, I'm very excited. You know, as a Cleveland fan, there aren't very many opportunities where our clubs get a, get a chance to play for a championship in whatever the sport may be. Sure, the Cavaliers beat the, the Warriors uh, back in 2016 to win the first championship since I was one year old. That was 1964. I was a year old when the Cleveland Browns won the NFL championship. The Indians have not won the World Series since my mom was six years old. And she will be 78 next month. It's a bit of a drought for them. It's the longest drought in baseball. They've gone the longest without having won the World Series. So, you know, I'm... I'm thrilled for the Cats, but I have to admit, I'm a, I'm a huge Chris Fagan fan, getting back to the uh, the senior coach from Brisbane. I, 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 I love his approach to the game. I know I've mentioned this in previous episodes. You know, I think regardless of the sport, if he had the skill set to coach soccer or cricket or baseball or whatever, it may, rugby, whatever it may be, I think a team would want somebody like Chris Fagan leading their club because he... He seems to be such a a nurturing coach that helps to bring out the 
the best that he can in his players. And, you know, sure, he's fiery. We've seen instances where he's gotten angry and upset, and there's been the camera on him where he's definitely yelling. But he's kind of that father figure that they keep talking about. And, uh, you know, I, I think he, I think he's a terrific coach. And, you know, I, 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 I do believe that, you know, he, he seems to be, you know, from what I can tell, from what I've seen in interviews, what I've seen in discussions with him, seems to be a, a tremendously nice gentleman. Yeah, and he, he's roughly my age. He's around there, maybe a few years younger than I am. But, uh, and I, I'm confident that, you know, with his abilities and the club that they have, the Lions are going to be a flag contender for many years to come. And as he alluded to in his uh, post-game press conference today, he kind of let the cat out of the bag on uh, something that I think most of us realize is happening, that uh, Joe Danaher is probably going to be wearing the lion on his Guernsey next year. So that could certainly, if he's healthy, could certainly help them with their ability to score. Um, taking marks in the, in the, uh, the forward 50 because he's, that's something that he excels at. Now, Again, this is going to be a very short episode today, but, you know, 2020, folks, this has been probably the most unique year in our lives, okay? And, and those of you in Victoria, I, I'm still hoping and praying that things get closer to normal for you as soon as possible, because I know that this has been an extraordinarily difficult time for you. I'm not going to get into the politics of it because I don't know enough about the politics there, but I know that there are many of you who are frustrated for one reason or another about what's happening there, and you're you're not happy with the job that, that maybe elected officials are doing. I, I don't know enough about it. I'm not going to comment because that's not my place to do that. But I just I hope that things get better for you as quickly as it possibly can to allow you to go back and get your lives back to as normal as possible. And, you know, for those of you who are lifelong footy supporters, you're going to have stories that you're going to be able to tell your grandchildren about this game, about how you handled 2020 in terms of what you were and were not able to do and how you got through it. And you're going to be able to talk about how your club handled 2020. Because... It's very likely that, you know, your your grandchild may end up being a supporter of the club that you support. If you're doing your job as a grandparent, that's usually how it works out. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that someday I'll have grandkids and I know they'll have plenty of cat's gear. Uh, even though my kids don't watch the game at all, I'll make sure that my grandkid has some of that. You know, I, I, I hope that, you know, in an extraordinarily minute, small way, that I've been able to provide you with a, a small distraction each week to try to help entertain you. Okay. I, I truly appreciate those of you who are listening and I know there are so many other options out there for you to, to spend your time. And I, and I, I, again, I cannot thank you enough for tuning in to listen to my rants or my ramblings about, about this game that I've fallen in love with. It's this game that you love. So I, I'm, I'm, truly appreciative of you doing that and uh i just hope that things start to change for you here real soon especially those of you in victoria it sounds like the rest of the country things are getting close to back to normal um 
I did want to let you know before I wrap this up that later on this evening, I'm going to be sitting down with uh, Jackson and Harper, who host the Where Do We Begin podcast. And we're going to talk about the prelims and the grand final. Um, I guess they're going to want my to talk about my views as far as what I what I see happening in the grand final. I'm not sure. We really haven't gone over any questions or anything like that. But uh, looking forward to talking to them. We've been kind of playing tag through email for a couple of weeks, trying to set up a time for myself to go onto their podcast and for me to bring them on to to this podcast as well. And once once the season wraps up, I'm planning on getting back into a lot more interviews than I have been doing recently. But, you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't forget uh, that if you'd like to sign up for my mailing list where you'll get the podcast sent to you directly after it's been published, uh, there is a link in the show notes for you. Um, I'm not going to spam you with a bunch of emails or anything of that nature, uh, but uh, I would love to add you that to that list if you're interested in having it sent to you directly as soon as it comes out. Also, if you have an idea for a show topic, or if you know someone you think would be a great guest on the show, please feel free to drop me a DM on Twitter. You can reach me at yank underscore on or shoot me an email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget that while you can find this podcast and all of the episodes at a yank on the footy.podbean.com, you can also find it on your, on your favorite podcast provider. It's also available on YouTube as well. I've got all the episodes uploaded onto my YouTube channel, so if you're somebody who would prefer to listen to it there, it's just a static image. You're not going to see my beautiful face, which isn't beautiful. Um, but it's there for you if you choose to, to listen there. Now, if you've listened, I would love it if you would uh, go ahead and uh, consider giving me a review. I actually listened to a, and I, I just thought about this. I listened to a really interesting podcast this week uh, called, uh, I think it was called, Hey, There's a hey, There's an Elephant in My Paddock. Um, I'm sorry, There's an Elephant in My Paddock. And it is a, uh, a lady who is a reporter who deals with uh, rural issues in, in rural areas in Australia. And uh, it was a fascinating episode on trade agreements between Australia and Australia and China that I listened to this week. And uh, if, if you get a chance, if, if you're interested in that sort of thing, it, you know, as an American, I thought it was fascinating. Um, there's another, you know, and not all of the episodes are things that ne would necessarily appeal to me. There was an interesting episode I, that I plan on listening to about uh, trying to get enough veterinarians to, to be able to work in the agricultural field, in the ranching field, if you will, in, in rural Australia. So I thought that was fascinating as well. I'm going to take a listen to that one, but it was called, there's a, there's a, uh, there's an elephant in my paddock. And, uh, I found it on iTunes. I'm not sure. And I actually found it on Stitcher as well, but I'm sure it's on other podcast hosting sites as well. So I figured I should mention that while I'm thinking about it, but if you'd love, and I gave, I wrote a really nice review for, for her podcast because I thought it was really interesting. So if you'd want to write a review for mine, you can do that on the Apple Podcast uh, website. Let's me know what I'm doing well, what I can improve upon. Um, don't forget, again, you can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me at yank underscore on on Twitter and on Facebook and, and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I do want to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple pieces of his music using backplate and elevation. You can find his stuff at josephmcdade.com slash music. And again, Mr. McDade, thanks a bunch. He's also on Spotify as well. Um, 
And ladies and gents, I appreciate you uh, you tuning in. And while we're fans of the game that we love and the teams that we support deep down, we love this game. Okay? And for those of you who are watching the game here in the United States or in Canada, don't forget that Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the Afana website says, but rumor has it that the grand final is going to be on free TV here in the U.S., it hasn't been in the past, but it sounds like they're going to do that this week. So hopefully that's going to be the case. And again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for listening. I ask that you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 54 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. And until next time, goodbye.